This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to MK1 Podcast, a podcast of myself, Ross and Joe, talk everything Milton Keynes Dons. Well, gents, um, interesting game last night, a lot of opinions uh, shared out, as always, on uh, Dons Twitter and other platforms. And of course, um, a lot of sort of formation changes to speak about and things like that. So I introduce you guys so we get stuck into it. So, uh, Ross, how are you doing? Not too bad, thanks, mate. What about yourself? Yeah, yeah, not too bad, thanks. Yeah, just uh, keeping busy as always. Uh, Joe, I'm sure you're busy as always as yourself. Yeah, busy as always. I thought, you know, football might be a nice distraction. Wrong. But, yeah, I guess um, it's, it's, you know, well, you know, we, like we keep saying with the schedule, it's uh, Saturday's another chance, isn't it? Yeah, games come thick and fast. And I think uh, after the game on Saturday, it'll be our first midweek off in God knows how long. And I think the only one, actually. Uh, until the end of the season so yeah good to get some rest in some of the players especially ones that need it even playing a fair bit um, and yeah let's just let's, let's get stuck into uh, Blackpool at home of course 1-0 defeat uh, not ideal at all uh, goal comes from a silly, a silly mistake to be honest Louis gives the ball to Darling in a, a pretty dubious position to be honest that he should never receive the ball in uh, it's a triangle of Blackpool players waiting to press him down tries to get out of the situation, initially does, then gets tackled, ball goes to Yates, Yates rounds the keeper, and it's 1-0. Uh, pretty difficult uh, defeat to take, considering the chances we did create. Of course, the lead chance five minutes in, Jerome hitting the bar, amongst others. Um, and if you take one, well, especially the lead, when you take the lead chance early on, you more than likely get something from the game. Uh, so <laughs> that's how the cookie crumbles sometimes. But, as Russ, as Russ Martin said, you make your own luck in football. And uh, I think yesterday night was a prime example of that. We'll get on to uh, all the various topics that we're bound to bring up. You know, the box midfield, Solano coming back, etc. Um, but first of all, 
I'll uh, get the thoughts of the gents as well as your thoughts. So I'll kick off with you yourself, Ross. Uh, how did you find uh, last night's game? Um, it was an improvement on Saturday's performance. And at the end of the day, I feel like we're a team lacking confidence and we just aren't getting the roll of the dice at the moment. And uh, these things happen in football. But last night, um, I felt, especially in the second half, once we changed the system to 3-5-2, I know Joe won't agree with me here, but I felt we, we looked a bit more threatening um, when we changed to 3-5-2. Um, but unfortunately, we just couldn't nick the point in the end. Um, having the two clear-cut chances um, in Jerome and Laird efforts, um, but they just didn't fall, um, fall nicely for us. But overall, I felt we played OK. Um, um, we nullified Blackpool Blackpool uh, as a team um, to one or two chances over the course of the 90. And considering their form, it shows that we're getting close to getting them results. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely an element of saying how much did the change of, well, change from a 3 5 2 to a more of a, a 3 4 2 1 or 3 4 1 or 3 4 1 2 in a sense, uh, change that in terms of chance creation being limited for Blackpool um, but I suppose it was the same result so it's uh, you can't really say too much about the change uh, Joe what were your overall thoughts of uh, last night's game yeah it was, it was it was a bit of a weird one because you know Blackpool I thought they were excellent but it, in, in, a, in a weird in a weird like different it was they weren't excellent because they were barraging us and uh, you know absolutely um you know, putting us to the sword, but they, they were, I thought they were really good out of possession. And I thought that it, they, they didn't have any, I think that when they scored on 33 minutes, that was the first shot of the game. And by that point, we'd had, I think, four shots at that point, And we were really starting to impose ourselves. But I guess with their game plan, it was all just waiting for us to make that mistake. And like you say, I don't think Darling can really be blamed because he does that amazing turn, but there's three players on him. And it, it's um, Russ talks a lot about looking after your teammates, and that was maybe a ball which wasn't looking after your teammates. You know, he might have been in space there, but space when he received it, but there was already men on him within in, in, within an instant. I thought that if you if you look at the game, the top five chances in the game, we probably had four of them, and then they had their goal, which they took. You know, we you, you had the. The Jerome one that was blocked leading to the Laird chance, which, you know, well, he's a defender. You can't, it defenders are, are, are defenders for a reason. Um, and then you've got the the Jerome one second half hits the bar and Greg misses by a whisker um, on the rebound. So it's just one of them nights where it could, if, if that goes in after five minutes, completely different game. And all of a sudden Blackpool have to change their game plan because I think that their game plan probably would have went down to a T, get an early goal early-ish goal, um, capitalise on the mistake and then just soak up pressure and try and, try and uh, hit us on the counter-attack. So, yeah, an improvement, but still a bit of work to do. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I'm interested to see what Russ does for action on Saturday. Obviously, another game away on the road earlier in the season where we struggled um, and, you know, we were punished for our mistakes and not really closed them down too, too well. Um, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see what Russ thinks of the game on Saturday and of course he'll be keeping close ears and eyes on his press conference on Friday afternoon. Uh, but first of all, uh, before we get into our thoughts on some topics, we'll get your listener thoughts in. 
Um, so first of all, uh, Albie of the Sit Down or Steve Club podcast. So hope you're doing well, Albie. Uh, spoke about how he felt it was a promising first half and of course sat down by the sloppy goal um, from the defence. Um, and then he felt second half was a bit toothless in effect, um, but we had the right ideas, just maybe poorly executed. Uh, James Darcy spoke about how you agree with you, Joe. It's a lot better tonight in terms of the performance. Um, but again, Eric killed us off. Uh, he's concerned about the lack of chances um, also. Uh, Legion Don said we shouldn't have lost a game. He felt it was a nil-nil game, really. Um, and it was just decided by our error, which I think is a fair assessment. Um, and then Wilco also said he feels like the team's lacking the belief at the moment to score goals. Um, and if he feels a bit hesitant going forward, and that's maybe true in some uh, individual cases. And then as sort of Leedner said, nil nil about the mistake, so not terrible. We would have won that maybe if we were on our good run uh, earlier on in the year. And then just a lot of praise for Blackpool, really, in terms of the way it's set up. Like you said yourself, Joe, uh, from Joe Chapman, Charlie, uh, Jonathan Harris, and plenty of other people. Um, yeah, overall, pretty much agree with you guys. Uh, yeah, it was... If you take your chances, you win the game. That's that's pretty much it for that one. And uh, try I not actually... to give the opposition a gaping chance. <laughs> yeah, well, even if, even if we did, we probably would have won the game. You know, if 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 Laird puts away his chance and Jerome gets it an inch or two below the bar, it's it's two one and you win the game, right? Um, but yeah, difficult, difficult one. We'll move on to the box midfield, which is of course the big. Well, one of the big um, standouts from the start lineup when we first saw it on a Tuesday evening. Um, personally, I quite like the box midfield. Um, if you don't worry about it, it's the four centimetres of Maketka and Sermon, uh, Matt O'Reilly and Scott Fraser, where typically it's been free. Um, so essentially, from what we saw, I felt it provided us more structure. I felt it limited what Blackpool could do going forward and it maybe put them off a bit in terms of the game plan. Um and yeah, and the goal we conceded just ruined that whole start. And yes, it wasn't amazing going forward, but I feel like going forward, one, we need to see the system more implemented more in a more consistent basis, maybe for the next couple of games at home, especially. Um, but also the attacking outputs only get better and better each game. So judging it off one game, it, it feels a bit harsh, um, especially with this team where it's clearly in development right now and we're clearly just trying to try things out and see what happens. But I quite like this, to be honest, and I'd like to see it implemented in the future. Um, Ross, I know you mentioned how you like the change of the 3 5 two, uh, in the second half with um, Will Grigg coming on. Would you, I'm assuming that means you you want to see the 3 5 two come back into force from the start on Saturday? Um, yeah, I would, but Obviously, with a new new system, you, you you you've got different roles as players. So um, obviously, with it be obviously being the first time, not having a lot of time on the training ground, it's obviously quite hard to judge a, judge the players on um, in that new system. But I felt we looked a lot more reassured defensively, and then going forwards, we had a few moments where we could have slotted it through a bit quicker on our feet. Um, but yeah, we. As a, as a whole, I felt, yeah, we looked a bit more reassured um, in the middle and we were forcing Blackpool to go down the wings or go long. Um, but overall, I felt with a 3-5-2 formation, um, yes, we struggle with number, numbers in the middle, obviously, um, Sermon not being as athletic as some others in Kasumu. 
But overall, I prefer the three-five-two. Um, we've seen the pros and cons of it. We we can score plenty of goals in that system. And um, if if we're looking at defensively as well, if you just have to look at the Sunderland performance. You just have to look at the whole City away performance. Sorry. And I feel on a whole, yeah, I I just prefer the three-five-two formation. Yeah, I mean, that's fair enough. I mean, with what we're used to, right? And it's seen us have a lot of success uh, months prior to the month we're in now and the little spell we're in now in terms of results. Um, but, hey, I mean, I liked what I saw in trying something new. I think it's the period to try something new. And I'm sure you don't agree, Ross, with me saying that. Um, but, Joe, I know you seem to be a fan of the box midfield, so... I'll let you elaborate more on your thoughts on that. And also, obviously, Russ switched to the 3 5 2 about 60 minutes into the game. Do you reckon that could be a tactic we see fairly often, or do you reckon that was just a one time thing against Blackpool? Yeah, I, I was quite almost, I was quite um, pleased to see the lineup because I thought that one thing that it's allowed us to do is get, you know, four really good technical players in the middle of the pitch. And there's been times recently where we've kind of, games have just turned a bit scrappy and we don't need it to be so scrappy, making it a bit harder for ourselves. And I think that one other thing is we've mentioned about how Sermon, certain games suit Sermon in terms of, you know, if a team's sitting deep, he's able to just dictate the game and really, you know, he's quality on the ball. There's no doubt about that. But we've seen him exposed on the other side where, he quickly needs to get back or, you know, the odds or, or, or very, very high pressure. And I think having McEachran alongside him in that deeper role, so it was almost like we had two deeper players. I thought one that gave a much needed solidity to the back line and, you know, an extra layer of defence. And I think that showed in terms of how many shots Blackpool had. They, I think they only had, they only had, the, the goal was their first shot. They then had a shot from a corner, which was a pretty tame header. And then they had, um, a shot from about 25, 30 yards and they had one other shot in the whole game. That was it. So for all people, you know, maybe saying we didn't create a lot, we probably had the best three or four chances in the game bar their goal. Um, and, and and they just didn't actually create much at all. But then again, you know, they didn't need to. So so there is that. Um, but in terms of um, going forward, I thought it was quite good because you had people like Fraser and O'Reilly where before they probably maybe were holding back a little bit because they knew that if we did lose the ball, they'd have to go and help Sermon out. Whereas with knowing that McEachran was alongside him, um, must have been, you know, O'Reilly and Fraser had a bit more license to, you know, do what they do best, which is create and and make an impact in, in the final third. And I think Fraser nearly actually scored one, but it was it was offside by probably like a, you know, a couple of inches. It didn't look that that much offside to me. Um, um, in terms of changing to the three-five-two. In the second half, I actually thought that, um, and this is where I disagree with Ross a little bit. I, I I thought Louis Thompson was one of the main, um, like sort of instigators in that brighter period because it gave us something which we didn't really have, which was a bit of movement from deep. I think McEachran and Sermon, great players of the ball, but one thing that Louis Thompson I feel brings is that, you know, almost like that Kasumu like trait in the fact that he drives the ball from deep a bit of intensity, a bit of aggression. And I think that in, you know, I don't think Russ was going to make that 
not make the same mistake, but I don't think I think he's going to be a lot more careful with Thompson this time. So maybe he's not starting at the weekend, although I'd love him to. Um, but but I think that you know he can play that sort of Kasumu role perhaps if we do go back to the three five two, because I just think him driving from deep really just gave us a bit of an extra dimension, and um, you know it maybe forced a Blackpool player to come out leaving space in behind. Um, so I, I can see us maybe persisting with it for a little bit longer. I think it gives us a bit more control, gives us a bit more defensive solidity. Um, but when you've got three quality strikers on the bench, yeah, you, you'd be probably be silly not to switch it up if you need to. Yeah, no, I actually quite like the tactics you did yesterday. I thought it worked well uh, to still get the result. Um, you know, all Russ can do and Luke can do and the rest of the gents can do is get the tactics right and make sure the team's set up properly. And, you know, Russ admitted that he maybe didn't do that properly against Wigan, but I felt he corrected that what he did last night. The players just didn't take advantage of that. Um, and we'll get on to maybe a certain few individuals that didn't. Um, but yeah, on the comments on Louis Thompson, uh, obviously we're all big fans of Louis on the podcast. And yeah, I feel he brings that missing intensity and aggression that we spoke about in the last episode. He seems to be the perfect mould of that for this team. And uh, yeah, I just said he probably won't start the weekend and maybe not the game after that um, against Burton. But he, he has to be a player that, starts week in week out when he is fit for me and uh, I feel he could be one of the better players in the squad if he isn't already uh, if he can get a consistent amount of games together for sure um, another player who kind of surprised some people entering starting 11 was uh, Matty Saranola and the left wing back role of course uh, there's a lot of talk about his contract situation and what happened over January uh, but he came back in uh, last night um, so I'm interested to get your guys' thoughts on it. I know we've had a few of the listeners' thoughts about uh, his performance, but I want to hear from yourselves how you thought it went. So, uh, Ross, what did you think of Matty last night and how he performed? Um, it's a bit of a funny one with Matty. Um, obviously, with a lack of game time in the past few weeks, it's always a huge ask for him to give a, a solid performance against a strong Blackpool side. But um, it was he's he's a frustrating player for sure because of he gets in some really good positions but um I feel like he's slightly negative in his in his um way of approach in the sense of he was getting down the byline and then he'll go back back on himself and he was like well you've done all that work why do you undo it and yeah it was just frustrating more than anything because of as as we've mentioned with Harvey it's his delivery which makes him the standout at that left back uh, left wing back role in my eyes and I feel like if Sorinola could have and can add that to his game, he'd be a very good defender. And I feel, especially with Sorinola, with his whole contract talks, if he is looking to move elsewhere, he's going to have to improve that um, going forward. So what you're saying, Ross, is if we could mould Matty Sorinola and Dan Harvey together, we've got the perfect left wing back. Well, I, I wouldn't say that. But, uh, <laughs> no one's perfect. <laughs> But it would, yeah, I agree with the positioning. I thought Matty's positioning last night was absolutely terrific. Even in both boxes, he just, as you said, he just, uh, he got there and didn't deem too much of it, which is absolutely infuriating because we've seen what he can do with it when he does decide to have a shot or get a cross in. Uh, but for whatever reason, last night he didn't. And uh, Joe, uh, I'm sure it was as infuriating for me and Ross as it was for you. Yeah, I think it's not necessarily infuriating because 
I think the most like frustrating thing is because we know he's good and we know that he show, he shows flashes, but it's that consistency and it's almost you know I think there was a bit of excitement when people saw him in the team, but then about half an hour in, I was like, ah, right. That's why we want it. That's why perhaps Harvey was starting ahead of him. That's perhaps why Jules was given maybe a few more, few more chances ahead of him. Because, yeah, like, like we say, he gets into some absolutely fantastic positions. And I think him and Fraser have got an absolutely brilliant relationship. Some of the runs they make off each other are brilliant. I think I, one thing I wish Serenola did was back himself a bit more. Because when he does, like he came inside a few times, he called, you know, dragging a defender with him. He was actually fouled four times. So, you know, I, I, you know, it just shows that, you know, Blackpool obviously knew the talent he had and was trying to make sure that he didn't get past. But so often he, he did get past. And then it was, you know, he only put two crosses in and one of, and um, neither of them uh, hit an MK man. And it, it's, um, yeah, it's just, it's just a shame. You, I guess because you can kind of see the contrast with Ethan Laird and, you know, Ethan, I think he, he was just a constant menace. And he's he's a sort of guy that I think I don't I think um talent-wise, you know, it talent-wise, there's probably not loads and loads between them, but I think in terms of confidence and the willingness to take a risk, I think you know, you can see with Ethan, he he doesn't always put a good cross in. Sometimes he'll dribble it out for a goal kick, but he's the amount of chances that he's actually created and you know, when he's gambling to get in the box, to actually be in a position to, to you know, because it's all good and well, it's, you know, you can say he's missed the chance, but he's actually in there in the first place, sniffing out a good opportunity. So I think it's just that extra level of just, just backing himself because there is definitely something there. It's just, you know, we, we see it sometimes and it's like, oh, wow, amazing. You know, AFC Wimbledon, he, um, he, he, takes, he takes a crack, takes a risk, top corner. I mean, it, there was a deflection on it, but... Even still, you know, things happen when you, when you take a risk, things happen. And I, it almost feels like deja vu, uh, saying it again. Definitely a good player in there. Just, yeah, take a risk. Yeah, it very much echoes what Russ said about making your own luck, doesn't it? You know, if you're there in that situation, things are going to happen regardless. But, yeah, as you said, if you're not there in the first place, then you're, not, you're never going to know. It's just shooting your shot, isn't it? Um, and if we can see that more from Matty in the future... That'll be terrific. Um, that's all we ask, because um, it will happen if he if he keeps if he keeps installing that into his game. I suppose uh, the last place to touch upon is the first start for Joshua Kekran. Um, You know, it's he came in very recently. Of course, made his first sub appearance against uh, well, recently off the bench away, and first start against Blackpool. So uh, I'll get your guys' thoughts on how he did. Um, so, Joe, how do you think McEachern did last night? It was almost like watching a bit of a reincarnation of Sermon, but with maybe an, an extra yard of pace. Um, <laughs> it was, I, I thought that it was, you know, he, he's, he obviously isn't up to 100%, but you could tell that in terms of he's got a good football brain. He was, he was quite quick with his passes, you know, pass and move, tidy, you know, nothing outstanding but solid enough and I think it's just it was quite weird actually because we had um, all four central midfielders were left footed so it's something you don't normally see um, but I, yeah I thought he, he was solid he he, he, um, he got on the ball f- uh, um, plenty of times covered lots of ground because he you know sometimes he'd get a bit more forward and then have to track back 
So, yeah, I mean, he's one of them, you know, six and a half, seven out of ten, decent debut. Um, and I'm sure there's plenty more to come. Yeah, I, I pretty much agreed. Uh, did his job well. Uh, you know, it's eight, it, was, it was like a seven, 2.8, but, uh, you know, he, got, he used his legs a bit more. And, um, yeah, nice compliment, actually, to seven, I thought. Uh, sort of, actually, it was weird because Jonathan uh, Bennington, the previous episode, asked about that sort of role where we have two city midfielders. Uh, you know, it was at the time it's Lasser and uh, Sirs. And I felt we saw a fairly similar system with Sirs and McEachern last night. So it's funny how that was brought up on the episode and uh, ended up kind of happening. Uh, so well done to Jonathan, if you're listening. Um, yeah, I mean, Ross, of course, McEachern was brought up about 60 minutes in. Um, you'd assume just for fitness-wise, of course, he hasn't played football in a long time uh, when it went back to the 3-5-2. Um, but is there anything else to read into that? Or do you think it was actually just minutes and his performance was, you know, Russ was happy with his performance? It was just minutes, that's all. We've um, yeah. we've got Louis Thompson on obviously on the bench, um, ready to make a cameo. It's a, it's a perfect player to uh, freshen things up in the middle. Um, but I just like McEachern's composure in the middle. Um, obviously, he hasn't he hasn't played it, um, a full match for ages now, and yeah, it's just nice to and refreshing to see it in the middle alongside Sermon, as you boys have said. Yeah, you can tell he's had uh, years and years of experience of top class like academy work from Chelsea and then, of course, playing the championship for a long time because, yeah, he, he's definitely got the class and the quality to do it at League One and above for sure. And uh, yeah, yeah, happy to have him. Another excellent addition to the midfield, which is a stack of options right now. Okay, so that's, uh, that's kind of Blackpool summed up. Uh, good, better performance, but... Yeah, still lost the game, which is frustrating. Um, but hey, it's a step in the right direction and it's not conceding three goals, which is always a positive. So uh, yeah, look ahead to moving forward to action on Saturday. Uh, second game out of three in a row at home. And um, yeah, we'll take you through that game shortly. This podcast is a proud member of the Fan Hub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with FanHub to put fans first. Search FanHub app to play your part in the journey. Okay, so after a home defeat uh, to Blackpool, we uh, will stay at home and uh, hope to get three points this time around against an out-of-form action sanity team. So I'll take you through the general form of action and all the other information you need to know ahead of the game. So actions league form in general this season. Uh, they're currently 10th place in the league on 50 points, and that's made up of uh, 14 wins, 8 draws and 10 losses, uh, 44 goals scored and the 38 conceded. Uh, if we take this their away form, uh, they take they will stay in 10th place in the league, uh, the 6 wins, 4 draws, 6 losses, uh, 23 goals conceded, uh, scored, sorry, so 23 goals scored and 25 goals conceded. Uh, so yeah, you know, they're pretty volatile away. Uh, they typically have a win or they lose uh they rarely draw um recent form for accrington the last eight games so two wins uh doncaster and swindon being those wins uh three draws uh lincoln shrewsbury and fleetwood and then the three losses were to crew ipswich and bristol rovers uh the last time we played accrington uh 2-0 defeat at their place uh the wham stadium uh probably one of the better teams have played this season actually in terms of you having a game plan and sticking to it of course, uh, brace from Dion Charles was he was the got man of the match. Uh, 
but Uakwe and uh, on the left-hand side of their midfield and uh, their defender, Nottingham, really impressed as well. Um, and they pretty much shut us out for the whole game. Uh, Setup-wise, um, they haven't really diverted too much from what they did when they played us in a 3-5-2. That's been utilised 25 times this season. Um, with a recent dip in form, as we outlined, uh, the 4-3-1-2 has been used on several occasions. Um, and those several occasions have been four times. And that's generated uh, two wins, a draw and a loss for Accrington. Uh, they're, they're a team that are very good in their, their set pieces um, and they don't tend to focus on one side of the pitch too much. Uh, they're quite a versatile side, so they can hurt this Don's team from multiple avenues. So it could be quite a tough game for this Don's defence, which seems to be every single game at the moment for them. So they're going to have to be on the ball 100%. So Ross, uh, I've got some key players down myself, but if you want to take us through some of the key players that you feel are going to have an impact on Saturday's game for an Accrington point of view, then I feel free. Um, obviously, aside from Bishop, um, Dion Childs um, has been a massive contributor to uh, Accrington's success this season with um, 15 goals and two assists um, in 29 appearances um, in this season. He made the step up from Southport and Accrington are now reaping the rewards for taking that gamble. And... Um, Something I've noticed in previous game, he loves to press the opposition. And obviously, it's quite funny because we've um, struggled that with the pass, especially on Tuesday with the eights. And um, it would be interesting to see if we buckle under this. But um, another thing I found out about Accrington, they love to utilise the wings and love a ball into the box. So it'd be interesting to see how our wing backs um, actually cope with this because obviously. I'm not criticising Jules, um, but sometimes his, his positioning um, is sometimes wrong. And I've criticised Laird for this in, in the past, but he's improved. And it'd be interesting to see the, the matchup he deals with on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, uh, Dion Charles on my list. Uh, as you mentioned, Kai Bishop was also on the players that are shortlisted. Uh, there's a question whether he plays or not. Uh, he didn't play midweek against Bristol Rovers, um, but his impact is without question. You know, 12 goal contributions this season for 31 games, and he's definitely uh, Charles's Robin, if uh, you class Charles as Batman, in terms of a strike partnership up top. Um, and the other guy I had down was uh, Joe Pritchard, um, very versatile player. Uh, of course, was a former, I believe, Tottenham youth player. Uh, six goals, six assists this season in the league in 25 games. Uh, he's played a load of plays in Accrington, to be honest. Uh, both wings in the 10 as well. Um, so, really, yeah, he's just a plug-and-play player anywhere on the, on the field, really. And I think the best stat that emphasises quality and influence on his Accrington side is his, uh, his average of 1.5 key passes per game, which is really, really, well, really high for um, well, for a player that's been playing in the defence at some times. So, yeah, I think if he's if he's starting, he should be the player to be watching out for. And we say if is that's because Accrington have been switching players about a bit because of their recent dip in form. So typically when we've seen the team that have always played certain players in certain positions, uh, the manager, Coleman, has tried to switch up a bit to try and uh, generate a bit of form. And uh, that could be the same again after their pretty uh, handsome defeat at Bristol Rovers on well, the midweek just gone. So, Joe, obviously a lot of information there from myself and Ross. Uh, any other thoughts you want to touch upon before we get into our predictive start 11s and score predictions? Yeah, just um, a couple of um, 
things to note from when you were talking about their recent form because it seems like with this Sacrington side they can beat beat the better teams in the league so they beat Doncaster you know one yeah. of the top four or five teams in the league but then they lost to Swindon and Swindon weren't aren't and you know aren't great <laughs> I think we've you know we've seen that firsthand this season um but then again but then they lost to Bristol Rovers as well so it's and and then they've lost to Ipswich as well so they're losing to good teams and bad teams but they're also beating a good team and beating a bad team so it's it's sort of maybe it's a, a lot of a lot is going to be dependent on which Accrington Stanley turn up on on the day um one player I just wanted to briefly mentioned is um, somebody who's been likened to the, be the Bruno Fernandez of League, well, it was League Two. It was Adam Phillips, and this is because he's he's a sort of player that he loves a shot from long range, and he loves he loves to um, just spray passes around. And a lot of his passes are high risk passes, but if they do come off, that it tends to be um, you know it tends to be uh, a much much you know better pass, a much higher risk with higher reward. And um, so it's Adam Phillips on loan from Burnley. He was actually at Morecambe, a high fly Morecambe in League Two earlier on in the season. And it, whilst there, he got 20, 24 games. He got eight goals and six assists. Um, <coughs> excuse me. He hasn't featured um, as much for Accrington, but he has started seven games and scored a goal recently. Um, but I just think that there's a player there that does have the ability that perhaps if, if the game's quite tight, he can come on and maybe stretch a defence, and he's definitely someone to uh, just watch out for. Yeah, and he's right up there for key passes as well, um, 1.2 per game. Admittedly, uh, Sean McConville at 2.2 per game is obviously a lot higher than Pritchard and uh, Phillips themselves, but McConville has been in and out of the team all season himself, only played 17 games. So, yeah, a um, lot of key players to watch out for, of course. That's the case of a, uh, a team that's somewhat high-flying in League One and looking to get into the... Well, playoffs at the very least, if not further than that. Um, but yeah, so it should be a nice competitive game. And uh, this Don's team certainly got its work out for him in terms of trying to nullify it. So we'll see which teams for Don's we've picked in terms of trying to do that. Uh, and I'll kick off with you, Ross. Uh, what's your predictor start 11 looking like for Saturday for the Don's? I've I've gone back to our usual system with 3-5-2. And uh, I've gone with Fish and Goal. Uh, the same back three and Ihora, Darling and Louie. I've gone with Laird out on the right. And then I've gone with Dan Harvey if he's fit. I know um, Martin said, it, obviously, prior to uh, after Wigan, sorry, he wasn't ready to play, but I feel like he's had a week's training now. I can't remember if he was on the bench um, against Blackpool um, from the top of my head. So, yeah, I've gone with Harvey out on that left uh, wing back role. And then I've gone with Thompson coming in um, just for the 60 minutes though so we're not stretching him completely um, I know he had half an hour and maybe we can get 60 minutes out of him or 55 um, and then I've gone with the usual two in front of them of O'Reilly and Fraser and then up top I know um, Martin likes to rotate and Jerome um, doesn't play back-to-back games he started yesterday and I feel I feel um, he'll probably change up this weekend so I've gone with Grig and Mason up top. No, I like Thompson coming in. Obviously, good player. And Harvey's an interesting one. Uh, I don't think personally he'll be ready to go. Um, but hey, we don't know half the time. Martin keeps his cards pretty close to his chest with these type of decisions, which is understandable, of course. Um, 
I've got a bit different to you myself. I'm sticking with the box in the midfield. I see a fairly uh, Ross is smiling at that decision. I, I see a fairly uh, similar game plan to the back four game if it if we can keep him within arm's length uh, in terms of and it's I think it's good for consistency. Um, I feel there's no point giving unless you try to be that unpredictable, Martin. I, I'd like to see the same midfield give it another game and see how they do against a different type of opposition. So I've gone with Fisher in goal, uh, back three, same as Ross, O'Hora, Darling, Louis, um, Laird and of Jules at left wing back instead of Harvey where Ross had him. And then the midfield four of Sermon, McEachran, and Matt O'Reilly and Fraser. So the same four that started against Blackpool. And then I've put Will Rigg up front. Uh, quite liked the, in a, quite liked in 25 minutes I saw uh, midweek and uh, I feel he, uh, as Ross mentioned, the rotation, uh, the, the four strikers you do have, uh, I think Greg deserves a chance up front. So uh, two very different lineups from myself and Ross. Uh, Joe, how different is uh, yours compared to ours? I've I've gone for it. Um, I, I don't necessarily think that this could be the the team, but I think it will be really interesting, and I wouldn't be surprised if Russ does throw a few curveballs in there because we, we you know we haven't been on a great run. Sometimes you just just change change is sometimes good, but sometimes you do need to just stick it out. So I've gone for Fisher and goal. I've got, I've changed up the back three. Oh, here I've we been, go. I've take, yeah, yeah. I know. I know. Um, I've, I've taken Lewington out. Um, I think I don't necessarily think he's played bad. I just think you know we we saw Lewington. He was he was actually rested just on a random Tuesday night. I think it was I can't remember what game it was. It may have been Shrewsbury, but I'm not 100 percent sure. But you know he has Martin. You know he's shown he's not averse to resting um, the big names, um, and especially an older per, like an older player like Lewington. And I feel like you know he has. You know, like you mentioned about with the Harry Darling, um, it was just you know maybe a, it wasn't totally aware when he played that pass, and also against Rochdale. So you know, I don't think he's perfect. I do think he's excellent, and he he's definitely should be starting. But I just think that there's a chance we could see Zach Jules in that left centre back role. Um, I've got so if, uh, as um, as um, I've got Zach Jules there. I've got Dan Harvey on the left. Obviously, we don't know hundred percent if he's going to be fit. Um, I mean, another week in training, so yeah, who, who knows? Um, Ethan Laird at, at right wing back. I've also gone for the box, and I've also I'll, I'll, I've gone for another change in. I've gone for Louis Thompson in for Sermon. Now, I don't necessarily think that this is what will happen, but uh, Russ did mention that Sir, he, he did take Sers off because Sers is you know he's played a lot of football, and again, you know he's not really played been playing much in. Because he he he, did, he had his injury, um, I think it was late January, when he came off against Peterborough, and um, so yeah, I, I think that we'll go with the uh, Kekron Thompson sitting, and then O'Reilly and Fraser um, just behind Will Grigg up top. So yeah, I've gone for quite a few changes. I wouldn't be surprised if I, I'm only I only get about five players right from that lineup, but I just think you know. <laughs> Is what you know? What 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 harm is there in changing things about and just you know, it's it's um you know contrary to what many people think, we aren't going to go down. We're not going to go up. What? Why not try a few new try, try a few new things? Why yeah, don't no, you ride the wave out though. I mean, they say if it's don't if it's not broke, don't fix it. But it does seem to be broke for whatever reason at the moment. So why not just try a few a few new things? 
it's damage it needs it needs rebuilding maybe <laughs> um no i like that line actually uh, yeah i mean listen louis louis no one's perfect in the team and louis definitely isn't especially after that performance um last night against blackpool and uh yeah we need, we need to see jules less center back at some point um and there's maybe not a better chance to see it and uh I think um, with Thompson, it's, it'd probably be for McEachran, um, if anyone, um, not only because of the I'll changes. Be, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I say, I just, I don't think that this will be the lineup, and I won't be surprised if I'm way off, but I just think that this is a pretty cool lineup. And, but, you know, we've seen Russ make su- surprise us before. We saw, we saw Charlie Brown and Joe Mason start together, and we were like, what? Will, neither Will Grigg or Cameron Droma starting. You know, that was a big shock. Matt O'Reilly, as soon as he'd signed, he was straight in the team. So uh, Russ isn't afraid to make those big decisions. So let's see if he'll make three or four of them on the Saturday. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it now. It's going to be interesting to see what happens at 2pm on Saturday for sure. Okay, let's uh, round off our score predictions, gents. Uh, I'll start with you, Joe, considering you're being nice and bold. Uh, What's your score prediction for Saturday? I I think it's a weird one because, you know, like Accrington, we've been... We've, we've beaten good teams and we've beaten poorer teams, but we've also lost to poorer teams and lost to good teams. So it's all, it seems to be, seems to me with um, Accrington and, and, and MK that we're, we're the sorts of teams that just, you know, if we turn up, we, you know, we, we, we really turn up. And I think it's just a matter of who turns up. And I think we were, we were starting to have some moments of, you know, we were starting to click a bit on Tuesday. And I think it's just all about just cutting out the mistakes. And I think if we play this formation again, I think that's really will go some way to help in doing that. I'm going one nil, Don's. Okay, I win decent. Uh, Ross, are you are you on the same wavelength as Joe in terms of his result? And what score have you got? I think there's goals in this game. I think both teams concede um, way too many goals. Um, as of recently um, and I feel if we perform like we can um, we can win this game it's just which Don side turns up and if we're if it's the Don side t- which turned up against Wigan um, it's not it's going to look pretty grim viewing but I'm hoping we play similar to what we did against Blackpool and I believe we can actually win this game because um, Accrington aren't in the best of form well, or they could be in better form as such. And I've gone with a 2-1 Don's victory. Okay, nice. Two wins. Uh, I'm being nice and negative then. Uh, the pessimists of the group are going 2-2. Um, to be honest, uh, no real reason. Um, I just feel the system, but the box system that I'm going with anyway, at least, needs uh, a few more games. And But I do think we'll take the chances that we missed um, against Blackpool, which would be nice. It'd be nice to see a score of some goals again. Um, but Action just got just as much quality in their squad and I'm sure they'll have a great game plan that Coleman's come up with so yeah I think it will nullify each other quite well and it'll be an entertaining game and ultimately I feel a lot of people will see it as a good point even though we've conceded uh, two goals um, against a team that's pitching for the playoffs Okay, thank you very much for listening to episode 39 of the MQ1 podcast Um, as always um, pleasure to get your thoughts on the games and we hope that we see a much better performance um, against action on Saturday compared to the previous ones and hopefully we progress a bit more and get back to winning ways so 
Thank you for assisting once again and come on you dons. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.